How many people know what it means to call an audible in football? Okay. Thank you. Okay, I need to adjust my illustrations here, apparently. <laughs> it's easy. An audible is like you had a plan, you had a play, you realize you're reading the defense, and now you've got to call something else on the fly, right? So that's an audible. We're calling a spiritual audible today. I had a plan. It's going out the window. Um, I, and here's why. Uh, I'm not afraid of the 70 weeks in Daniel, by the way. All right. Uh, we're going to get to the 70 weeks and what the 77s are, what I think they are anyway. Um, but we're sliding that to the new year, okay? Um, and so uh, we'll get to that. But I really felt, and I was telling Linda this, um, I really felt like God was kind of maybe impressed upon me that there's just so much going on here these last couple of weeks that uh, we need to kind of have a pastoral message today. We need to have a message to uh, encourage you and strengthen you uh, in your personal walk. I mean, I hope that the other messages do that too, but I had something specific in mind. Um, and so um, I'm just going to pray another time here and ask for God to, to really speak uh, through his word here this morning here. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for um, the word of God. We thank you that... Um, it is a blessing to us, God, and we thank you uh, for the time to be able to, uh, to connect, whether it's here in person or online, Lord, and we're, we just ask and pray that you bless our time in the Word. Holy Spirit, we ask and pray that you'd personalize this message to each and every one of us. Let us be dialed into that which we really need to hear ourselves, and let us hold on to it. Let us not, that, let us not let that Word fall to the ground that you give us today. Lord, and uh, I just pray, Lord, help me to be, uh, speak with integrity uh, about these scriptures, and uh, Lord, uh, fill me up with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, um, this is our slide for today, and kind of the theme here, like a tree planted by uh, um, a riverbed, and you get that imagery there of those huge roots of those trees, right, sunk deep there, right beside that stream of water. And that image there, I think, kind of captures a little bit about uh, this idea, this imagery that we see a couple of places in Scripture. I'm going to focus mostly on Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. And so um, I'm going to ask you guys, we have not done this in in quite a while because I've been reading long passages. Uh, So um, let's stand and read the Word of God together today. We haven't done this in a while. And let's read this passage out loud. It's it's two verses, um, so we're kind of getting back on our our bicycle and doing this real easy here. Two verses. So let's read this aloud here. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Ready? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is God's word. Please have a seat. Isn't it fascinating that in this imagery here, this picture we get, we have a picture of a tree that's, uh, that is able to not only survive, but you get the imagery of flourishing, don't you? This thing's bearing fruit. This thing has got green leaves. This this, and while, while the environment maybe around it is in a drought, it says, though it may be the year of drought, 
And I was just thinking about how, you know, here we are kind of, a, uh, some would say this is the third wave of this virus, you know, and, and you can just feel kind of beat down because of, you know, just life is just not the way we're used to living it and hasn't been that way for seven or eight months. And it can be quite discouraging. And while that is happening, um, the rest of life is happening. You know, some people have lost loved ones during this time, some to the, to, uh, the virus, others to other things. And, and, and I, I personally had to officiate a funeral of a relative of mine which was the most strange thing to do when you, there might be just a handful of people around because of all that's going on. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's like a drought. It feels like a spiritual drought for many people right now. And so um, in a sense, really that word, the word for today is in terms of the, the angle on this is I just pray that the Lord will use this so that you will know how to flourish spiritually even in a year of drought, okay? And that's my goal. I pray that the Lord's got a word for us on that today, is how to flourish spiritually even in a year of drought. And many people would describe their lives as kind of a drought right now, um, maybe to put it mildly, depending on some people. Um, you know, I've talked about over the last X number of months that, you know, I'm due for a knee replacement, right? And um, back in March, I was supposed to have it, and uh, that got scuttled because of the closed down elective surgeries and so on. And I, I understood that. Um, but then immediately, I, well, not immediately, but once those uh, surgery centers open back up, they do these types of things. I was like, could we get back on the schedule? You know, can we get this thing done? Uh, I got things I want to do with a new knee, you know. And, um, you know, of course, it was about me. And um, as it usually is uh, with all of us, right? It's about us a lot of times. And so, so anyway... So I'm slated for December 18th to have surgery. And so um, a couple days ago on Friday, I went in to do my pre-admission testing, right? And they basically just kind of run down a whole series of questions. And they also hook you up to an EKG compared to your previous EKG if you had one. They just want to make sure that you're not going into surgery with any unnecessary risks or things that have not been addressed, right? So um, they gave me their nice little paper vest. They hooked me up. Uh, oh, yeah, it was stylish. Yeah, you should have seen it. Uh, and they hooked me up, and uh, they, they, the, the guy that does it, I think he's like an NP, a nurse practitioner, and then goes out to talk to somebody about it, and then comes back in and goes, well, Mr. Belial, let me show you something. And I said, okay. And he says, you know, these little, these little valleys right here, they should be peaks for you. You got valleys where there should be peaks in a couple of places on the left part of your heart. And I'm like, okay, what's that mean? You know, and he's like, there might be a blood flow problem, okay? And because even though that's an electric a measurement of electricity, the electricity could be an indicator of a plumbing problem, basically, to put it in layman's terms. And so uh, I said, okay, can we do the surgery? <laughs> was, my initial reaction was like, what about the knee? You know, <laughs> you know, which is kind of out of whack, I get it. But, you know, when you're kind of putting your hope in this future, and then somebody's saying, I don't think we're going to get there maybe right now, or maybe not. Maybe, it, maybe it's just, maybe we're not reading it right. Maybe there's something else going on. But compared to the previous EKG, there was none of that, none of that activity going on. So, um, I'm, you know, and people are going in and out, you know, of, my, of the room I was in. And, and so I'm, in between one of those times, I was like, you know, I was just kind of like, dadgummit, what's going on here? God, what's, what's happening? Why can't we get this done, you know? 
after I crawled off my little self-pity party there inside the office, I was like, well, but you know, Greg, this is your heart, man. If there's something going on, maybe the Lord has brought you to this moment so that you could be here a little bit longer. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, so, I, you know, I, I got a little bit of an attitude adjustment from the Holy Spirit there. Um, uh, and uh, so, at any rate, you know, I have a, I'll be setting up a cardiologist appointment, and, and then we'll see. You know, I still have several weeks before this scheduled surgery, but it's in the Lord's hand, uh, you know. But, but I was thinking in that moment the same thing that a lot of people are thinking and have posted on Facebook so much, you know. You know, kind of like, well, it is 2020, right? And they'll say that as kind of like a tagline because it just goes par for the course. This is happening because it's just that kind of year. And, and so on. And, but that, and again, that was my flesh reacting. But, but again, I was just, I, I really not worried about it right now. I'm just going to say, okay, Lord, let's get this thing done. What's, what's next with the cardiologist and all that? So, but, but I'm saying this to kind of say that, you know, so many of us have had uh, minor bumps or major mountains that we've encountered here over the last eight months. And it can really seem like a spiritual drought. It can seem so dry spiritually in our lives right now. We're just kind of like, you feel like you're running this marathon and, uh, you know, you're just running out of steam. And so I pray that the Lord will help us as we look at these verses today. And uh, as, I, as I think back on this um, Jeremiah 17 passage, there's a couple things that come to my mind, really, really kind of three, three words we're going to focus in on. There's a word trust, okay? There's a word trust, and then there's roots. It mentions about roots going down deep. And then it talks about fruit. So we're going to talk about those three things because I think those three things are really going to help us to know uh, and address how we can actually uh, flourish and be fruitful and growing Christians in spite of whatever else is going on around us. And so let's take a look at this first thing that's mentioned here. Um, Oh, uh, before I get to the first point, let me read. um, You'll notice, and this may have come to your mind when I read the Jeremiah passage about the, the tree by the streams of water. Does that remind you of a psalm? Psalm 1, right? In fact, when I first was thinking of this verse, because the phrase, the, you know, the phrase that talks about the, the tree would like, be fruitful even in a year of drought, I thought it was Psalm 1 that said that, and I was wrong. When I looked it up in my Bible software, I was like, oh, no, that's Jeremiah 17, you know? But it made me see the, the kind of overlap there. And so I want to read for you Psalm 1. Uh, there's just six verses. But listen to the psalm, and then you'll hear, especially in the first few verses, how this relates to the, uh, the tree imagery there in Jeremiah 17. So here it is, Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now here we go, verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Isn't it interesting to see some of that overlap there, especially in the first few verses, right? And so we're going to touch 
on that a little bit as we look at some of the application here. But the first thing back there in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, is we're told to, that to be like a tree planted by the riverbed, we have to be, well, planted by the riverbed. <laughs> I know this is really rocket science here at this point. You know, you're probably like, how did you come up with that, Greg? Right? But, but that's just it, is this. Is, um, now, the thing that I did not realize and that I'm going to give Nancy Lee DeMoss the credit on this because at first I did not look up this word planted in the Hebrew, and she did. When I was looking at some stuff online, I thought, okay, now I'm going to go look it up in my Bible software. And sure enough, it can mean transplanted. Transplanted, okay? And I got thinking about that because uh, really you got two kinds of trees here. We're talking about trees that are, that are planted near the water and ple- trees that aren't, right? And we want to be the trees that are transplanted, in a sense, near the water, near a source of life that we can draw from, regardless of what's going on. And, um, well, for us as Christians, that's the Lord Jesus, okay? Right? Uh, Jesus says we can have abundant life in him, Right? And he says, those who are found in him will have within them water springing up to eternal life, right? And the Holy Spirit living in us and all this uh, as, as kind of this water imagery. But I want to talk about first that in order to experience what we're talking about, in order to be like a tree planted by streams of water, you have to be connected to Jesus, okay? You're going to have to transfer your trust. Transfer your trust. Now, where do I get that from? Well, what does it say in verse 7 of Jeremiah 17? Going back there. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. And then the very next verse at the beginning, again, it says, about that person who trusts in the Lord, it says, he is like a tree. Da-da-da, right? So, how are we going to be like that tree? How are we going to experience that, that flourishing spiritual life? Well, we got to trust God transfer our trust to God. And where this starts is transferring your trust to put it in Christ instead of your own ability to be good for God, to get you to heaven. Right? So I'm talking about salvation first. Right? Uh, to, to be a Christian, to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you're going to have to transfer your trust from whatever it is or whoever it is you're trusting in to get you to heaven. For many people, I find, at least in the U.S., it's their own ability to be decent. They believe that God Almighty will judge them based on their good deeds. I'm talking about our salvation, right? And that if their good deeds outweigh their bad, you know, if, as long as they're not like Hitler or Charlie Manson, which is usually what that means to them, right? Because we've got we to lower the bar for ourselves, Okay is that, you know, as long as our good outweighs our bad, we're in. We're in God's good graces. And so that's a works-based mentality. Okay? Well, the Scripture and, and Paul and all, all the writers of Scripture are going to poo-poo that idea because you can never be good enough compared to God's holiness. You and I will never, it's never going to become a little hair's breadth closer to God's holiness. And that's what God demands if we're going to be with Him in His presence. And so you have to transfer your trust to Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, right? Because what we just talked about with communion 
was Christ offering himself, right, up on the cross, died, I said, in our place, right, as a substitute. And so what you need to do is, if you're going to transfer your trust to Christ uh, and away from your own ability to be good enough for God, because that is impossible, you just simply realize you can't do it. It's kind of like, uncle, I cannot work my way to God. I can never be good enough no matter how hard I try. And so you relinquish that idea and you realize what the scripture says and what Jesus himself was saying was that he came, he died, he rose again so that we could be forgiven, be made in a right standing with God, right? That our sin would no longer separate us from God, but be placed on Jesus Christ on the cross. So our sin was put on him. We put on Christ's righteousness. That's how he sees us, uh, right? So, so God sees us. If we put our faith in Christ, he sees us uh, through the lens of Jesus's blood, if you will, that we're covered, we're forgiven, if we have transferred our trust to Jesus. So how do you transfer your trust to Jesus and away from yourself? You have to just simply say, God, I can't do it. I'm a sinner. I realize I cannot be good enough for you. And that you sent your son Jesus so I wouldn't have to even try. You say, Lord, I want the forgiveness that Jesus offers. I want to have a relationship with you. Expressing that however you would express it in your heart. There's no magical prayer, okay? But if that's your heart desire, I just want to say, whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, if you want to and you sense that God is tugging on you, right, and that you know that you've just, maybe you've been thinking about eternal things. Maybe you've been wondering uh, this. And, and, and I just encourage you to say yes to Jesus. Say, yeah, thank you, Jesus. You did that for me. Thank you. I'm a sinner. I need you. You're the only one who can forgive me. You died in my place. And it's just that, it's in a sense that simple. But our hearts have to be awakened to that. Okay. Because a lot of people pray a prayer, and it doesn't mean anything to them. But many others pray a prayer, or just express their heart to God, like I just kind of said, and it's real, right? They've placed their faith in Christ. They've totally transferred their trust to Jesus for their salvation and forgiveness, and away from any goodness that they might, quote, bring to the table to God. So we are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. Okay? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us we're not saved by works, but Ephesians 10 says the reason God saves us is to do good works. Okay? Don't get the cart before the horse. Okay? There's dire consequences for that. Because okay? you cannot work your way to heaven. You receive forgiveness from Jesus as a gift. Just like these children will receive these gifts. They've done nothing to receive those boxes. Not one thing. But they'll get it. They'll get it. And what do they have to do to make it theirs? They just say, I want it. And that's, that's the way it is with Jesus. It's no different with the forgiveness he offers. So I'd say, hey, I pray that today is the day of your salvation if you have not had it, and that you put your faith in Christ. Okay? So transferring your trust to God. Now, it doesn't stop there. You want to keep trusting God. It's not like you say, okay, you got the salvation thing out of the way. Now I got it taken care of, God. No, I got it. No, no, no. No, you don't. You might think you do, right? But no, we got to keep trusting God for the daily things, right? That he's going to provide 
that he's going to give us the strength we need, that he's going to give us the grace and the mercy we need to tackle whatever comes along, right? Even though there's a year of drought, right? We got to keep our trust rooted in him, okay? That's the first thing. That's like first base, okay? Can't go to any of the base to go past this one, okay? This is priority number one. All right, now, let me mention a couple of scriptures here, though, before we go on to the next thing, just that relate to salvation. Listen to the language here, because it relates to this idea of being transferring trust and kind of being transplanted, if you will, uh, into Jesus. In uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's true of every believer, right? If you transfer your trust to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, what happens is he transfers you because you are initially born into this world, it says, in the kingdom of darkness. Now, that might be hard to believe, okay? But your heart and my heart, when we're born in this world, is a dark heart, okay? That, I mean, people don't like to think that. They don't like to think that they're all that. But no, you are. Our hearts are in rebellion to God. We like to live life, live life our way. And if it, con- if it contrasts with God's way, our way wins. That's the way we're born into this world, okay? And so, so this verse says, when you, you know, when you transfer your trust to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you're transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. Now you're a child of God, right? Now you're planted by the stream of water, the living water, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. We have this resource, if you will, if we can uh, call it that, but that we, are, we have the spiritual resources now, right? And so now, how does that transfer take place? Again, let me just remind you, Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. Listen to this, talking about Jesus. In him, so the him there is Jesus, First, uh, Ephesians 1, 13, 14. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So you got to hear it first. We got to hear the gospel first, whether you read it or you hear it preached somewhere, you listen to a podcast, the true gospel. There has to be a hearing of it. This is why it's so important that we have as a part of our mission statement as a church that we have the proclamation of the gospel is in there. We're not just going to do good works. We've got to proclaim the gospel while we're doing it. Amen? That's critical because people need to hear. Need to hear. So it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel is justification, and believed in him. So there's got to be a hearing of it or a reading of it, however you want to say the hearing, and then you have to believe it. That's the transferring your trust. Believing in him, then you were sealed. Once you believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So there has to be a hearing, and then there has to be a believing, and then you will have been transferred to the kingdom of God's beloved Son, and you will now be able to be in a position like these trees by streams of water and have all the nourishment, spiritually speaking, that you need. Okay? That brings us to the second thing. <clears throat> in, in Jeremiah 17 there, let's go back there. It says in verse 8, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. So you get this imagery of growing roots down deep, right? And that's exactly 
what we need to think about of as spiritually speaking is this idea of growing deep roots in your faith in Christ. Okay, this is critical. This is the second thing we see here. The first thing is you've got to be transplanted. Kind of keying off that word planted. You've got to put your faith in Christ to be transplanted so that you can be in a position, in a right standing with God, so that you can flourish and bear fruit for God's glory. Okay, so how do we grow deep roots in our faith in Christ? I'm so glad you asked. Um, well, the first thing is, is uh, to grow deep roots, we need spiritual nourishment. We need spiritual nourishment. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect this back to Psalm 1 now. Okay, Psalm 1, where we did say there's a, there seems to be some overlap there in these ideas. So I want to go back to Psalm 1 and take a look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 2 says this, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And listen, And on his law he meditates day and night. And listen to the result. Verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. It's no accident that verse 3 comes after verse 2, okay? This, I, this connection here of the fact that this person in Psalm 1 saying, listen, the righteous person is going to have the law of God on his heart, right? The word of God, if you will. Having the scripture on our hearts and minds. And the result of that, if we do that, is you will be like that tree planted by streams of water because that's our spiritual nourishment, right? The Word of God is spiritual nourishment to us, the Bible. Now, it takes something spiritual to happen because a lot of people read the Bible and don't get anything out of it. You have to have the Holy Spirit, okay, who is behind authoring the Scripture, okay, uh, you know, in coordination with the will of man there, okay? But, um, but anyway, the, the Holy Spirit, right? We need the Holy Spirit as we approach God's Word to seek nourishment from it, okay? Our food really needs to be spiritually the Word of God, right? The Word of God. Jesus said as much, didn't he? Didn't he talk about that, right? My, uh, well, he said in one place, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, but in another place he said, you know, that we can't live apart from the Word of God. It's our food, right? And that's really true of all of us, okay? Uh, is that we need the Word of God. And daily doses of it, I might add. Daily doses of the Scripture. So, if we want to be like those trees planted by streams of water, if we want to be ones who can uh, flourish in a year of drought, we need to be ones who are in the Word of God. And so just, I'm going to ask a question. Um, don't raise your hand, okay? <laughs> Do you daily intake the Word of God and soak your soul in it? Do you daily read the Word of God and soak your soul in it? What do I mean by that second part? Because a lot of people I mean, clearly probably understand what it means to take in the Word of God. Read it, right? But reading it's part of it, but the other is like, you got to let God speak to you through it. In other words, what do those words have to do with me right now? And that's where I think it's going to help you if you don't do this already, is that before you sit down and have your spiritual meal, is you pray to God and you say, God, 
I need your help. You know my heart better than I do. In fact, my heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. I need you to help me x-ray my heart right now as I get into the Word of God. I've said this before, but, you know, James, in the book of James, it talks about that the Word of God is like a mirror, right? And when we read it, it reads us. If we're open to it, it will read us, and then we need to respond to how it's reading us. You know, how many times have you just read a passage that maybe you've read many times before, but on that particular day, the Holy Spirit decided he was going to just, in a sense, with his little spiritual highlighter, highlight that phrase and say, that's you, or this is going to help you today. This word is for you today. Have you had that happen? It does happen, okay? And I just think that, you know, the word of God, right, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, as it tells us in Hebrews, able to divide the soul and the spirit. Um, The word of God with the Holy Spirit acting and moving in our hearts is just a powerful thing. And God wants to speak to us through his word. But A, we can't do it unless we actually are in it. And B, once we're in it, we need to be open to it. Okay? We're not just checking off, you know, it's, it's easy these days. Now I can just go grab my version Bible and pick the verse of the day. Well, that's great. Okay? But, you know, it actually would be helpful if you kind of knew what that verse said in its context. Read around it, which maybe, you'll, maybe you do that. Maybe you use that as a springboard, right? What I'm asking you to do is spend some quality time with the Lord. I have come to the place, and I'm, I'm not saying this is the way to go. I would, I would much rather spend a, t- a little bit of reading and, a mu- and more time praying about that which little bit I read and asking God to show me how that applies to my life or how can I use this in my day-to-day. Or maybe it's just a truth to believe. Sometimes it's nothing to do. Sometimes it's just something to believe. And to say, Lord, am I believing that today? Do I believe you are that way today? Do I believe Jesus um, will provide for me like he says? Do I believe you'll provide my daily bread today? You know, that type of thing. And so I I just wonder if a lot of times our Bible reading is just that. It's just reading. And we're not really letting the text read us. Okay, And that just comes, I think, through prayer. And I might add this. I think that um, if you're not, if you're uh, a little unsure how this goes, even after my little description there, which is very short, you know, you need to reach out to a believer that you know who does this. And if you don't know somebody, you email me, you call me, we will connect you up because this is like your bread and butter. Time with Jesus in the Word of God, okay? Time with Jesus in the Word of God. And uh, parents, you got to model this to your kids. They need to see you with your Bible. And they need to see you on your knees in a sense, praying to the Lord, maybe together. You need to have, you know, whether you do family devotions or whatever you do, uh, sometimes what we did was things got so crazy that sometimes we just spent a few minutes at, at the end of a meal talking around the table. We had a little devotional, spent a little time praying, asked a few questions. It wasn't anything major trying to make those spiritual deposits, but our kids need to see they, have a, they can have a relationship with God and that God's got things he's telling us in his word. Okay, you cannot expect Darby Creek to do this for your kids. We will come alongside you. We will help supplement, but 
it's, you know, it's tough as a parent. I totally understand that. And, and so what we, we got to do is we got to show our kids what a walk with God looks like, okay? And their parents, God's put you there just, I mean, among many other things for that, okay? They need to see, in a sense, a life with God incarnated in you, okay? Amen? So this is, and, and so just, you know, get a plan, man. <laughs> get, a, get a plan to read the Bible. Find a time you're going to do it. I mean, hey, I, I go to great lengths to try to schedule meetings with sometimes. We've got five emails back and forth just to get one date. If we do that for that, can't we do that for the Lord? Can't we find a time to be with the Lord? Can't we find a time to spend time with him? I think so. I think so. It's, you know, um, and, and I do believe the Lord will bless you as you do that. And, and there are some days, you know, I've said this before, but there are some days when I open my Bible and I read it, I'm like, that was like dry cereal. I know it's the word of God, but I'm not getting anything out of that today. I'm having, a, I don't, it could be my heart. Maybe my heart is hard. Or it could just be, it's just a test of endurance. I'm just going to trust, going to live it out, no matter how I feel it. And that is the case sometimes, okay? I'm not saying that every time you get with God in the Word, you're going to be up on the holy mountain and coming back down with the, ten, the tablets, you know? It's not going to be like that every time. But there are times like that, okay, where you know the Lord's like, that's for you, totally. You know, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? This is like, this is critical. This is critical. That's why I say that's part of our spiritual nourishment. If we want to thrive, we want to flourish, we want to bear fruit for God for his glory, then we have to remain connected to him. And one of the means he does that is the word of God and prayer. Word of God and prayers is key. So, um, and we get exposed to the word of God in all kinds of ways. We hear teachings, we read the Bible. But whatever we do, we've got to make sure we're soaking our soul in it, not just running through it. Let me read for you Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? So that, it says, so that you may be careful to do according to it. Right? So that you may be careful to do all according to all that's written in it. For then... If you do, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I'd call that spiritual flourishing, wouldn't you? As it says there in the end of Joshua 1.8, he says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. It doesn't mean you're going to have a flush bank account. What he's talking about is success in God's eyes, which sometimes could be a physical blessing, but many times it's just spiritual, spiritual growth. Spiritual benefit, okay? So Joshua 1.8, the word to Joshua from God as he's getting ready to go into the promised land is this. Don't you depart from my word. Let your word be on your, let my word be on your heart. Let it be on your mouth, right? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Do you talk about the word of God? That's a good question. Do you talk about the word of God with other people? Right? This is, this is talk about the word of God. Ask questions about the word of God. Uh, share with others what you've learned. All right. The other thing I was, I was thinking here about in terms is growing deep roots, right? Growing deep roots in your faith so that we can flourish in a year of drought. Well, the other thing is just keeping close company with Christ followers. Now, why am I saying that? This makes me think of Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1 
if you remember, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Well, if he's not hanging out with those people, who is he hanging with? The righteous. God's people. And that doesn't mean like you're just, you're just hanging out with God's people all the time, that you're not rubbing shoulders with people who don't know Christ. That's not the point. But the point is, you do, you and I do need the encouragement of one another, right? Encourage one another, it says in, in Hebrews there, day after day, as long as it is still called today. Now, what does that mean? As long as it's still called today, it means until Christ come back. So there is not a day, according to that verse, that you and I do not need mutual encouragement in the Spirit of God. We need each other. And that may sound like, you know, kumbaya, but in a real sense, spiritually, we do. Okay? We need one another to encourage one another day after day. Really, and as that verse goes on, so that we don't fall into sin. That's what it says. We've got we to gotta help each other stay within the guardrails. Keep following Christ. Okay? So, and I want to issue kind of an exhortation to everyone. All right? So, and that is, um, I've noticed uh, during this time uh, here that uh, some people are pulling back. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about just pulling back from connecting in any way. Texting, emailing, whatever. And you and I need to be seeking out our brothers and sisters, okay? Sometimes some people will say to me, hey, Pastor Greg, have you seen so-and-so in a while? I'm like, sometimes I have, or I've talked to them. Sometimes I haven't. And so if you think that sometimes, like I wonder where or how this person is doing. Take that as the Holy Spirit prompting you to give that person a phone call, okay? And if you, have, if you don't have a phone list here, if your name is on the phone list, then we'll give you a phone list, okay? If you want to be on the phone list, reach out to Carrie Hayes, CarrieH at DarbyCreek.org, and we'll get you added to the phone list so that you can get it. Because the only way you can get a phone list is if you're on it. The way to be on it is to ask to be on it. You know, you've been around here a little bit, ask to be on it. And so what I'm saying is then, as you, as you think of people, maybe you can use the phone list as your prayer list. Maybe you can split it up, right? But as you think of people, they, if the Lord brings somebody to mind, man, hop on that. You have no idea if that's the Holy Spirit. That you're a phone call, somebody needs help. Somebody needs hope. Somebody needs encouragement. Somebody needs to keep going. I mean, let me tell you what, believers are not exempt from depression and mental illness. Okay? They're not. You can be discouraged. You can, this, this pandemic, I know believers who are suffering from difficult things mentally right now. Okay? And we need to make sure we're staying in contact. Okay? So that's my little, uh, you know, this is not Pastor Greg's job to call everybody up in the church. Because we are, if I read Ephesians 4 right, my job Read Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. You'll read my job description. Part of my job, main job, is to equip you for ministry. You. So that you could do the work of ministry, right? We, we do not operate from the model of the pastors do all the work and we just show up and enjoy those benefits. We are ministers. We are fellow ministers, right? That's called... Um, oh, there's another name I'm going around my head. I can't bring it to my mind. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, it, it, you get the idea. So I just want to encourage you, uh, get in contact with people, okay? Call people. I would encourage you to call. It's easy to text and email, Facebook message, but listen, people need to hear your voice, I think. And uh, some people, some young people are really good about this, but I'll tell you, my kids never wanted to call people, okay? They always wanted to text me. I said, you pick up that phone, and you call that person. I'm not against texting. I use it all day long. But I'm just saying, some things, you need to hear their voice. You need to hear, do they, do they sound like they're in need? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's key. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But we do need the company of Christ followers if we're going to be nourished, if we're going to stay um, walking with the Lord, okay? Now, so that really brings us to this last point here. Um, and, you know, if you, if you are um, exposing yourself to those means of spiritual nourishment, word of God, prayer, other believers encouraging one another, right? If you're doing that, there will be a natural bearing of fruit in your life. It's going to, you will bear fruit. It's going to happen, okay? Um, so my in-laws, um, they, uh, when they lived in Coshocton, they um, grew blueberry bushes. And there they call them bushes, okay? Just saying, in Coshocton, it's bushes, all right? So, at any rate, and they did a great job of, of, of growing the blueberries, by the way. I had many a wonderful blueberry pie, okay? And, um, but what they knew, and this is why they were so good at growing it, is they knew the soil had to have the right acidity. If it didn't, you're not going to have blueberries, or not going to have very many, or they're not going to be very good. And so they made sure they had the right nutrients in the soil, as long as you had the right nutrients in the soil and enough water, you're going to have blueberries, right? And my point here is that, and those blueberries don't have to work at it, right? They're, the blueberries just come out of the branches. They're just abiding in that branch like it says in John 15, right? They don't have to work hard at it. It's just that fruit, is they bear the fruit because they are getting the spiritual nourishment, they're uh, have the right environment to be growing in, just like these trees planted by streams of water, how they're thriving. And as the verses there say in Jeremiah 17, 8, it says, um, they sent out its roots by the stream, and it does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. I love the bearing fruit, okay? It bears fruit. It doesn't have to sit there and go, mm, I'm going to make some fruit. No, because it's got the right nutrients, it's bearing the fruit. It's just, right? And so you and I, so how do we bear fruit, spiritually speaking? Well, fruit of the Spirit, right? You read that in Galatians 5, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Gentleness, right? All those. Imagine, if I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm exposing myself to the Word of God. God's speaking to me. I'm filled with the Spirit, and I'm around Caleb. It's like Caleb can just pick the fruit right off of me. I should be an encouragement to him. I would be maybe a challenge to him, depending on what, you know, what's needed. And so, fill with the Spirit, right? People will be blessed around you 
if you're filled with the Spirit. And that's going to happen, right, if we have the nourishment, if we remain connected to the Lord, like we're talking about. And so that's, that's important. In fact, um, you know, I just, I just make this uh, statement here that nourished believers are stable and bear spiritual fruit just like trees do, right? And uh, here on this next slide, just mentioning that spiritual fruit equals the fruit of the Spirit. Also, it could include the influence for Christ in other people's lives, right? Um, bearing fruit can also mean that you are having a spiritual influence on someone. Maybe, maybe you are introducing them to Jesus and they come to faith, right? Uh, or maybe you, you, you plant seeds spiritually and maybe somebody else is there to reap the harvest. It co- happens all kinds of ways. We just know that Paul tells us that God causes the growth, right? Uh, we plant uh, another waters and God causes the growth there when we do that. But, but make no mistake, part of bearing fruit, I believe, is spiritual reproduction, if you will, multiplying your lives, multiplying your lives into your kids, that they would come to know Christ, or your coworker, or your, your niece, or your nephew, or your mom, or your dad, or whatever. Make no mistake, where God has planted you is where He's going to want you to bear the fruit. Okay? He has you around those people. He's put you in that family for a very good reason, and among other things, I'm sure it has redemptive reasons. He wants to see people come to him, to know him, right? So, let me just end with reading John, 5, uh, John 15, verses 5 and 8. Just emphasizing the point that this is this coming out, uh, this, this uh, maturity, it's going to come about as we expose ourselves to the Word of God and soak in it and act on it and obey it, right? John 15, verse 5 says, um, <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So abiding in the vine is the way to be, right? I think one of those ways to abide is just simply to remain in him, Remain close to Him. I think ways that one of the ways that's done is prayer. That's how we communicate, right? Word of God, those things I've mentioned before. All of that is, is part of abide, abiding and staying connected to the vine, Jesus. If we do that, it will just be a natural consequence to what He says next. He says, um, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am Him, I, am him, I can say this, and I in Him, He it is that bears much fruit. So the fruit's just going to come. For apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. That's why all those things I said before. Abiding. I think this is a great imagery here. Another way of abiding is those trees being planted by streams of water and drawing their nourishment. They're going to be fruitful. It's just going to happen. I think we need to just be praying, Lord, make me fruitful. Make me, make me exhibit the characteristics of the Lord Jesus. Let me be filled with the Spirit. Let me be a, a spiritual multiplier, disciple maker, if you will. Right? We've got to pray for that. So, this is really 
This is really what the Lord wants us to do. If we want to be in a year of drought, like some people may say we are, like a spiritual drought right now, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in with all that's going on. Um, even just watching that promo for Faith Walkers and Tom going down through that list of these different things that people struggle with this past year, right? The Lord wants us to transfer our trust to Him if we haven't done that. Trust in Christ as your Savior. Once you do that, you have a whole chest of resources, if you will, spiritually speaking, that God has provided for you. The Word of God and talking with God through prayer is whether two primary means. There are others. And fellowship with other believers. Don't back away. Press in. If you're discouraged, don't back away. Fight everything that your, that your heart may be telling you to back away from people, but engage. Reach out. Send up a flare. Whatever you got to do. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you so much for the imagery that you give us in the Bible that so clearly speaks to us in a way we can understand. This whole idea of a tree being transplanted by streams of water where it can flourish in spite of all that's going on around it. Father, help us. Help us, Lord, to spend good quality time with you. Listen to you speaking to us through the word. Letting it soak in. Mulling it over. Meditating on it. Thinking about it. Wondering how it applies. Seeking to to discover what it means if we don't. And then believing it or acting on it, whatever is necessary. And Lord, we just ask you'd help us to mature, to flourish, to be filled with your spirit, to be a blessing to other people. I just think about that, that you nourish us. You, you give us spiritual food also so that we can nourish other people. We can, we can encourage another with the words you give us from the word of God. Lord, help us to, it can even help us just to get our focus off ourselves, to be a blessing to other people, to share the word, to share the gospel, uh, to, to share part of our lives. Lord, I pray for anyone right now that's discouraged or depressed, uh, maybe even struggling with mental illness in various ways. Lord, we just pray that you would be a very present for help for them right now. And give them the grace and the courage to reach out and ask for help. Let us, Lord, also be um, initiators, reaching out, like we said, taking that challenge to call people. Lord, let us be the body the way you mean us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.